Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. I hope I don't forget how to do this. My name's Mike. That's Joe. We've been friends for over a decade, over 15 years, actually. And each week, without fail, we call one another. Oh, I live in San Francisco. I did fuck it up. I live in San Francisco. Joe lives in L.A. And each week, without fail, we call one another and we catch up. Yeah. How did you forget how to do this in seven days? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) That's what we do, Mike. We do this every Single week. We've yet. We, I thought we were going to miss a week. We did not miss a week. We are right back where we started, week after week. Always here. You can always depend on catching up to be in your podcast feed on cupodcast.com or wherever you download and subscribe to podcasts. That is correct, Mike Lawson. How have you been? What's going on? Good. Hopefully, you can't hear the fan and the windows open and all of this that's going on, but it is. Too fucking hot to close the windows and to turn the fan off. So if I'm going to record, hot, that's just too happen. hot. Too hot, Lawson. Too hot to close the windows. Too hot to By turn way, off the fans. <laughs> According to uh, the weather app, it's 76 degrees out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I know that there's people in some parts of the country or world even that they don't think that that's very hot. But we don't have AC here in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. so. It it was a warm day today. Yeah. Are you boiling? Are you just uh, burning up? Yep. How are you? What's going on? I mean, should we talk about our absence? What do we do? Well, no. Look, look. Here's the deal. What? Because you and I had a discussion. I have very big stories to share, and I don't know what your stories are, but you were a little concerned about your story seeming uh, uh, not as important. Or, yeah. or silly compared to mine. And so I think to, I don't think that's true. I think that's what the beauty of the show is. It's just, uh, they can be silly and they can be serious and to me all that. I think you should go first though. Oh, okay. That way it's not I, like, and then I go, and then, um, he died. And you're okay. like, that's funny, Joe, because I went and bought an ice cream cone yesterday. You know, like <laughs> it kind of helps, it helps the transition a little bit. Yeah. Well, the, it's so funny because, uh, we didn't plan the absence that we had. Um, we, I, the last episode was over a month ago, right? Was it that long ago? I want to say. I that makes a little bit of sense. Well, no, 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 no. It might be in the audience's eyes three weeks ago. But yes, I think we recorded a month ago. Oh, got you. Because we were one ahead. You're yeah. right. Um, so much has gone on, just like in the world, but also mm-hmm. in our in our our world right yeah um so i was uh taking notes i do this like when something happens i'm like oh that's a good story i'd like to share with joe on catching up so i write it down so the note in here says uh, uh uber driver comma jeff i have no i have no idea who jeff is oh yes i do yes i do yes i do never mind him <laughs> so <laughs> i took an uber to the airport i couldn't even tell you where i was going right now because it was that long ago yeah but uh, San Francisco airport is actually pretty, f- f- um, south of San Francisco. It's technically in San Francisco, but it's not in like the city. It's like down near Millbrae. Okay. Um, and Uber drivers kind of get stuck when they go there because it's so far outside of the city, unless they get yeah. someone to bring them back into the city. Right. Mm-hmm. So well, wouldn't someone um, be landing theoretically at the airport? This is not that big of a problem. Well, it's just a bitch because then you have to like sit and wait. Um, SFO also doesn't have like an area to just kind of wait, so you would have to either keep circling the airport until someone picks up. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I'm not an Uber driver. I don't know. But also, I live in Oakland, which is on the other side of the the bay, so I'm in the East Bay. You have to cross a bridge. It's all this nonsense. Okay, so I was on my way to Florida for an event. Um, this was a while ago, and. I thought I would be – oh, no. I was going to New Orleans, actually, because I thought it would be smart to go to uh, do a, a bread eye and get yeah. there super early in the morning because I had a 9 a.m. meeting. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing this red eye. 
um, and I get in the Uber to take me there late at night. But Joey, I should tell you before, I don't sleep well on airplanes. No. Or I'm... cars. Like, I can close my eyes and relax, but I very rarely actually fall asleep. Yeah. That's not super uncommon. But I thought, you know what, what a, a good idea would be is to have a little bit of edible marijuana before I went. Okay. Just a little bit and take the edge off and maybe help me get to sleep, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, re- like really afraid of bringing it through airport security. Yeah. So I've read about it. I know some people say like, since I'm in a state with a medical marijuana law, I'd be fine. If anything, they'll confiscate it or throw it away. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. But I was just too worried about it. So I took it before I left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I get in the Uber. And this Uber driver, the first thing he says to me is, Ugh, if I knew you were going all the way to SFO, the airport, I wouldn't have picked up this car. I, uh, I was ready to go home. Yeah, let me tell you this. That is exactly why on this lift or anything like that, I never put where I'm going until I get in the fucking car. Because these drivers will judge where you're going and decide whether to pick you up or not. not. Yeah, so I wait. And then when I get in the car, I put it in. Well, I got lucky because he picked me up. But then when he picked me up, he told me immediately he was ready to go home and go to sleep and he lives near me. So he has to drive all the way to San Francisco, but not just San Francisco, all the way south of San Francisco to the uh, SFO airport. Yeah, don't be, okay? a, don't be an Uber driver. Yeah. So he told me that, and I'm like, oh, man, sorry. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, <laughs> sorry. And uh, we're driving, and I'm not exaggerating when I tell you, at, before we even hit the bridge, so before we even cross into the, bri- into the bay, or across the bay, he's told me three or four times how much he doesn't want to go into the city. <laughs> so by the end of it, what I was... What does he ang- expect you to do? Right. See, that's that's the point. Like, was I supposed to cancel it? I'm already in the car. No, it it's over. Sorry. And I, I mean, I apologized, which I don't think I had to. No. But then by the fourth time, I was like, I heard you and I understand, but we're going... Like, I was really angry and rude about it. Yeah. And his tone changed pretty quickly too after I said it kind of like... I get it that you don't want to go, but we're going, like something like that. And so he was like, uh, maybe he didn't realize that he was bitching, and so he cut it out. Um, so that happened. So then when I get to the airport, I checked in on Facebook, uh, like everyone does, right? Uh, headed to New Orleans or whatever at SFO. And when I did that, almost immediately somebody commented, his name's Jeff, and he said like, oh, I'm at gate 35. Come say hey, which if I wanted, (laughs) he lives in San Francisco. If I wanted to hang out with him, I would have made it, arranged a time to go say hi to him. Yeah. But like in the airport, that's very much my like my alone time. Like Mm -hmm. I'm in the zone. I'm concentrating. I have my headphones in. I'm reading a book. I'm like getting my body relaxed so that I could sit on a plane. Okay. Yeah. So I pretended like I didn't see it, and actually, eventually, when I landed in New Orleans, I messaged uh, or I commented like, "Oh, must have got on the plane, didn't see this." Yeah, <laughs> which was a lie, but I just avoided Gate Thirty Four. And then um, Joey, I told you I took the medical marijuana, right? Yeah, or the edible. So I'm like relaxed in the airport, mm-hmm. feeling good. Sure. The crowd is kind of slowly trickling into the gate. Everything's mm-hmm. fine. Life is good. It's about to board in 10 minutes or so. So I'm like, I get up. I go to the bathroom. I do the one last piss before you get on the plane. Mm-hmm. And when I head back to the gate, everyone at the gate is walking away from the gate. So at first, I see the huge crowd. And I'm like, oh, our plane must have arrived. Mm-hmm. And this is the crowd oh, that's getting, getting off, off the plane. The plane and we'll yeah. get onto it. But then I saw like the girl who was sitting next to me before mm-hmm. waiting to get on the plane. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? So when I get to the gate, they made a gate change. So we were supposed to get on at this gate, but we actually are getting on a different gate. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I go to the gate other 34. Gate. No, luckily we <laughs> didn't even pass was. gate 34. Uh, yeah. We didn't even pass 34. <laughs> Uh, but when I get to the new gate, our plane has been delayed by almost two hours, which is a pain in the ass when you're flying out at around midnight. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah. SFO closes. Like, there's nothing 
open. So it's not even like, oh, I could go get something to eat or browse through some of the stupid stores or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just stuck in the airport. Plus, I'm like, I'm not like totally stoned, but I'm like really relaxed and like ready to just fall asleep on an airplane. Um, so our plane's delayed. Uh, my high is wearing off by the time we finally get on the plane. But then, Joey, I have a connection flight in Dallas that I completely miss because we're two hours late. Oh, that's so right. When I get on the when we get to the airport, our entire plane gets in line, minus a few people who actually wanted to go to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Our whole plane gets in line and tries to get put on a new flight to get to our destination. Okay, mm-hmm. so. Once I get to the front of the line, she's like, you can go on standby to this on this flight. Uh, but it looks like there are 13 people ahead of you on standby, which oh means gosh. 13 people have to no show for me to get on this flight. Mm-hmm. So basically it's not happening. Joey, I sat in the Dallas airport for almost eight hours waiting to get a flight to New Orleans because everything was packed because of this stupid cancel yeah. late flight, right? So I, I slept a little bit in the airport. I walked around. I ate at Chipotle. I did. I just was so fucking bored. Yeah. Plus my high ran off. And I should tell you, uh, I initially had a flight that got me in at like 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I switched to this um, red eye because I had a meeting at 9 a.m. So I wanted to get in early to get to this meeting. Joey, I ended up getting in later than my original 3 p.m. flight. I oh, didn't get really? it to like 5 o'clock, yeah. Oh, my God. It was such a hassle. And now, so did the stupid. airline compensate you at all, or what, what happened no, there? No, all they do is, um, I mean, they just made sure I got on a flight and got there. So, like, that's all I got. I didn't even get, like, a meal voucher or anything. Oh, wow. Uh, usually, they'll give you, like, free lunch or something. But there was just so many of us. It was ridiculous. I also met a woman at the counter who... uh she was super nice, but uh, when I was standing there, because so many people were, like, mad and yelling at them, I could tell they were stressed out. And I heard her say to one of her coworkers, I need a fix. And mm-hmm. when she said that, I thought, like, chocolate. Like, she said it so openly at the counter. I think I was thinking it was certainly not hard drugs or alcohol mm-hmm. yeah. or even a controlled substance. It was, like, maybe a cigarette, mm-hmm. maybe a cigarette. But I really thought, like, shh candy or something like that so it's like oh what's your drug of choice and joey the woman at the american airlines counter in dallas she eats baby powder what have you ever heard of such a thing she eats baby powder no what what does she have that pika i don't know what pika is but maybe is because that my weird psychological compulsion where you want to like eat weird shit like dirt and rocks and stuff like that well hers is baby powder she eats it and everyone there that works with her, like, tries to take it away from her. They say it's bad for her. Yeah, yeah but, you're eating baby powder. Yeah, but we eat worse, don't we? Baby how, powder? How, how, how much chlorine have you swallowed in your life? I don't know. But actually, I think that baby powder stuff is mostly just cornstarch. She just just eat cornstarch. Well, because babies, it's around babies. So it's probably close to non-toxic, I would guess. It's I don't still know. bizarre. Anyway, I, I don't get it's that. It's so shit. bizarre. I don't get it. And people eat. Sand I was trying. I was trying not to be judgmental. I was like, "Oh, well, yeah, that's a normal thing." Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> like the word I kept using was interesting mm-hmm. when she was telling me it all about it. I'm like, "Ah." Oh, yeah, and does she yeah. acknowledge that's weird? Like, yeah, I know everyone thinks it's weird. Does she acknowledge that? Yeah, a little bit. She wasn't embarrassed about it, um, but she. It's baby powder. I eventually got to New Orleans. It took forever. But, um, yeah. So that's my really important story, Joey. Do you got anything as important as that going on? You know, I'm actually going to break my own rule right now. Because, you know, usually I go in chronological order. Yeah. So in, in chronological order, I'd be talking about my fantastic trip to Hawaii with my family. And then it would tell this other story. But I think this story needs to be addressed now. I'm going to break my rule, and I'm going to go out of chronological order, if that's okay with you, Mike Lawson. I'll survive, yeah. Okay. So I get back from Hawaii, and... Um, Wait, what happened in Hawaii? Just well, you're going to find out. You're going to find out in the second story about my fantastic Hawaii trip. And... Uh, 
and I have a good week and whatnot. And then that Sunday, I'm set to see my boyfriend uh, of the show, Cameron. And uh, we were just going to, it was going to be a casual day. I'd already seen him a couple times a week, but we were going to spend Sunday together. And uh, I drove into Orange County this time. Usually, sometimes he comes to LA, sometimes I go to Orange County. And I picked up lunch on the way in. He hadn't eaten. And I picked up some food for both of us. And um, we were, um, you know, he lives with his mom. And uh, the mom had left town. So uh, we went, to, we were in the house, has this gorgeous view over uh, all of Newport Beach. And uh, we were sitting in the backyard eating lunch and having a really pleasant conversation, making plans about, you know, Richard wanted to know if uh, Cameron wanted to go to his birthday party. And we were talking about, you know, we had all these Hollywood Bowl tickets Then we were talking about, you know, we had to beat the Hollywood Bowl in a couple of weeks. And we were just, you know, making plans. Yeah. And uh, we started having a conversation and um, I'm not going to get into the details of the conversation. That's not what this podcast is about. But I will say uh, three or four hours later, we were broken up. And the way I've likened it to, because I've talked about this a lot, is because people want to know how it happened. I mean, we were having a really, really good day. In fact, when he sat down to eat Cameron said something along the lines of like, oh, my God, I love you so fucking much. You don't understand how much I love you. And we're so good right now. We, we had a conversation about how good we were. You know, like, yeah. oh, we're so good right now. We've never been better. And so the yeah. way I've likened it, it's almost like when you have a sweater and there's that little string that's this. You're going to look at that string and you pull at it. And the next thing you know, you just unraveled the entire sweater. Sure. That's essentially what happened. And um, again, people always want to know who did what. Uh, it was mutual. Uh, and again, the other analogy that I've used is is that I put the letter in the envelope, but Cameron licked it and put the stamp on it. And uh, I think it's a really good description. I uh, my final. I, I mean, we'll because t- we're going to talk about the aftermath and everything like that. And and but I will say this: I uh, love Cameron. Uh, Today, just as much as I loved him that day and uh, two weeks before that. But it's just one of these things that uh, couldn't work out, you know? And that's sure. sometimes that sucks. Sometimes two people, we, we just, that's what happened is we had a conversation and we, we realized on certain uh, topics we were just farther apart than, than we wanted to be. It's weird that you, um, the, the, the way you describe it is very similar to, uh, a, breakup i had in phoenix i was dating a guy named drew if we could joey go back to me for a second uh, no please you, you know what before you say this i think i told you because you and i have talked a lot since yeah. that in fact i talked to you that day and we'll talk about that but um one of the things i learned was i didn't like actually talking about the breakup i'm actually talking about it today but i didn't like talking about the breakup but i loved hearing other people's breakup stories yeah. and also love talking about stupid shit those are the two things i love yeah. talking about but yeah so go ahead so I was in a relationship with a guy named Drew, who has actually told me I'm no longer allowed to ever say his name on a podcast. But this was a running joke on Game Night, guys. Yes, his name is Drew Morgan, and he lives in Phoenix. Um, so he, <laughs> Drew, told me that, uh, or we went to dinner one. This was our the last dinner we had together, and we went to a place um, near his house in Phoenix. It's a pizza place that I can't think of the name right now, but I liked it a lot. Oregon we Pizza. There, no, we're sitting there and they're outside like patio thing under the the trees all have like white lights in them. And it's really pretty. All these like old bricks that are on the ground. It's just a really nice place. Kind of a romantic dinner. Um, and somehow the conversation got to like the future and like define. Somehow we got on the topic of like defining what this is. Mm-hmm. And I expressed an opinion that I would like this the relationship to be a little something a little bit different he was saying that it couldn't be that for him and we just basically came to the conclusion right there at dinner that it couldn't work then and it wasn't anger it was just like a very logical conversation both of, i mean i was sad i i can't speak for him in mm-hmm. fact i think i have a court order not to speak for him but he like i feel like he was sad too but we were all, we just, the, you know, the, that's where it landed. And that's just, you know, what we had to deal with. And I, it feels very similar. Like you guys went into it, not thinking that that's what it was going to be. In fact, it was almost the opposite. Yeah. It was very, 
positive and good. And then yeah, early on in the conversation, we kept joking like we're not we're not breaking up. These are these are such easy issues. They're like so easy. They're like it's like dumb, you know. And then yeah, and then you realize no, these aren't easy issues, and this is not dumb. And um, yeah, sure. Well, that sucks. So, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so he and I, but same thing. We had a very calm conversation. That's that's how, because some people were thinking when I first told them, oh, this is another Joe drama thing. He stormed out. No, 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 no. I knew this was real. Like right. there was no drama. It was very logical. Well, this was the first time that you were like, we broke up. Because there were, <laughs> there were plenty of times where you're like, he is stupid or he hates me or whatever. <laughs> right. That happened a lot. But this was the first uh-huh. one where you were just like, you know, we're, we're through, yeah. and I'm sad about it, but yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. And um, you know what's so funny is um, – this is a lot of jokes. <laughs> Go ahead. Your text was like – in a group text, you were like, we're through, and I'm sad. And <laughs> and Boohecker was like, what would you do this time, fat ass? <laughs> <laughs> So I don't think I've spoken to him since. I'm, I was so like that's what he that's what his response is. Meanwhile, this guy had a fit because we read a text message on the air. But oh, oh, I just did another one. Well, it was a summary. But here's the thing, though. Like we, I feel like this is a problem that you maybe have more than most people mm-hmm. because you develop friendships that are based on joking and ribbing yeah. like that's a very common part of your friendships yeah. so it, it probably becomes difficult when you actually need support to just get on a support like how do you say like okay can you you know i laugh every time you call me a fat ass but maybe this time like i, I need like how do you express that there is also an art to it because um and I, what I do actually do want to talk about is the app, what happened after immediately. I think it's more important. But um, it, but this is – I'm jumping ahead a little bit here. But like the next day, which actually – it really hit me the next day. So that yeah. day I was, I was just numb. And the next day was really, really rough. And um, the next day when though, I talked to – nobody to text good morning to or – Yeah, yeah. Right. And so the next day though, I did talk to Shannon, my friend who was a comedian. And we know each other very well. And <clears throat> she's – you know, one of the funniest people that I know, if not the funniest person that I know. And she was able to do that same – I think that what I think Boo Hecker was trying to do, but because she's an actual comedian, an actual writer, it was so skillfully done that I was like laughing hysterically. And she was. Sure. She was making fun of me and making fun of the situation, but she did it in a way that wasn't – it was making fun of actually situations like that. I can't remember what it was, but it had to do with like cameras already dating somebody again or like, <laughs> I don't know, some joke like that. But um, it was very funny. And um, anyway, so immediately afterwards, I'm just numb. I'm just numb. And it's awful, right? Because he, I mean, that we were, we were having, the reason I was over was we were planning to, you know, eat and hang out and spend the day together and then cuddle up and watch uh, Game of Thrones, the finale. It was a season finale day. And um, Did you get to watch the finale? I actually watched it that night, but I had to watch it again later because it, it caused me a great deal of anxi- more anxiety than it would usually just because of everything that happened that day, you know? Yeah. So anyway, um, but on – so I was – I decided to go drive. I, I had texted my friend Mercedes and uh, and she said, you know what? Why don't you come over and have some wine and we'll just cry together or something, you know? And uh, so I was on my way over there and then you and I spoke on the phone. Mm-hmm. I think no, no. You and I spoke on the phone before that with Mercedes Exchange, and that's where you were awesome and you were amazing and you told me stories like you told me right now, and and you were great. And this is where and I and I have a thing to say about that too. But you were a great friend. But I think actually to to speak to what we were talking about, the tr- the true sign of what a great friend you are is probably about forty five minutes later when I am on the way to Malibu, and <laughs> and I'm just again I'm in shock. I'm in shock. I just felt like almost like an out-of-body experience. And then um, I'm going to be very careful here actually with this one. But you call me to make fun of somebody of a post that someone had put in social media. Okay. And you call me and you texted it to me and he goes, did you see this post? And you and I laughed about for like 15 minutes. We just made fun of this person. <laughs> And it was so great, and that's what I appreciated over the weeks is like times like that or other times where I could feel normal again. Like there were these mm-hmm. weird moments of uh, 
normal lucidity where I felt like, oh, this is, I feel normal again. And it was, that was one of those things I have to uh, actually sincerely thank you for that. That even, I can't believe it in, in, in the moment there, I was like, oh, this is, oh, I really feel normal here. And then of course I hung up the phone and immediately went back to the zombie mode. Right, right, but, right, right but you know, with my experience with Jose, because for those of you who are new listeners, I had uh, a person who's actually very close to Cameron's age, who I was very close with, was not uh, and I think this, I think Richard actually summed this up best. Uh, I have a gay cousin named Richard, and he's a week younger than me and gay. And he's gonna come up in a second, but he had analyzed this earlier. Or was it you actually? Who knows? I had a. a Is it a, the? A, at least he's a boy. He was a boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Was that you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. Oh, okay. So, so Mike had an astute point that we'll get to in a second. But I had this. I don't know this this uh, amorphous, weird, what is it relationship with Jose? Right? It wasn't really a boyfriend actually, because I don't have the feelings. It was an emotional boyfriend, though. Like, you were in an emotional relationship with the guy. I was in an emotional relationship with Jose, but it's one of these things that, if I like, right now what kills me, and I, I've cut Cameron out of my life, is because the thought of him dating somebody else would drive me crazy, right? right. Which I know yeah. he will. I just don't want to be there for that. If Jose, yeah. I, Jose dated people all the time and hooked up all the time with ugly girls and it didn't bother me and it wouldn't bother me now, I, I have no kind of feeling like that towards Jose. But... One day he just vanished out of thin air like we had a good conversation and then yeah, I, I will see you Friday and then I never heard from the kid again, right? Yeah. And I mean that fucking tore me up. It tore me up in a way that I've not experienced – I had never experienced before. I have not experienced since. So that day of the Cameron uh, thing, maybe because I likened Cameron to Jose, I was sort of like freaking out because I thought that was what was coming. And uh, I was like, oh, because that, I mean, Jose took like, I'm not even joking, probably like a year to even get close to back to normal, right? So I was like, oh, God, here we go, right? And um, and, the, and then Monday was bad. But, and, 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 and actually, you know what? I'll let you, so let me just give the headline and we'll get into it. Um, it was actually good. I'm actually, to, you know, two weeks later, it was two weeks yesterday. I'm actually close to normal. And that's actually yeah. one of the reasons we didn't record a show was, I, told, I called Mike today and said, listen, I know we're supposed to record an episode tomorrow, but I, I can't. I can't do an episode. And I don't know when. I, actually, at the time, I didn't know when we could do an episode again. I, I thought, oh, I'll never. I, this is the end of the world, you know? And then yeah. by, by last week, I was ready to do another episode, but then you had sure. to go to Orlando. Well, and we – I had made the point, like, we could do an episode of Hawaii Stories or, like, if – if it would be helpful f- yeah. to you, we could do an entire episode and not talk about the breakup yet or whatever. Mm-hmm. However you wanted to do it, we yeah. would do it. So No, but I wanted to talk about because, you know, and actually, again, I, I still want to – I'll talk as long as I want about this. But uh, I do want to continue here because I think it's important because it's something I would have wished I could have heard when I was going through it, which was one of the th- – oh, well, why don't you make the point about the difference between Jose and Cameron? Yeah, well, it's not just Jose. I think – You have – there's a pattern where you get tangled up in emotional relationships with people. Sometimes they're large relationships like Jose and sometimes they're one-offs, you know, people that you get, you know, really emotionally attached to and they get emotionally involved with you quickly and it's fast. But you get in these like relationships where you – are you guys are meeting each other's emotional needs. Emotional surrogates. But it's not a, an actual boyfriend relationship. So they're out there still trying to find a mate. So they might find a boyfriend or a girlfriend, depending on what the situation is. And then you kind of, they, for, for obvious reasons, they're getting their needs emotionally, their emotional needs met somewhere else. So they're, they kind of like drop you. Mm-hmm. So I commend you for, with Cameron, you like turned it into a real relationship. Right. If you're going to do this, it's you're my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And then I also commend him and you for realizing that it's not going to work out. So you guys have to end it. And so mm-hmm. you're now grieving and dealing with breaking up with somebody in a very emotional and healthy way. So, yeah. And you said this like your friends actually know how to respond too. Because. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, how many people have I talked to who have just gone through a breakup and I can, or, you know, how many times have I gone through a breakup? So I can use all of that when I'm supporting you as a friend. Whereas when Jose, this kid who 
was kind of living with you sometimes. Like, I don't know. It just was like a little more complicated and weird. And then, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was hard for you to, I think, communicate that sadness too because – Well, I think it's hard for people to understand too because they're like, well, you're really sad because you're friend? You're not friends with a person? It, it's just – people. Sure. I think people just didn't know how to address it. Where with Cameron, and that's what I was going to say, like I mentioned this on Facebook, but I want to say it again. And I want to say it with my voice, which was – I was blown away by how much support and love I got um, uh, in this, you know, because I had never, again, because people, these other amorphous relationships I had, people didn't know how to react, so I was always kind of grieving alone. And this one, the people who came out of the woodwork, and it wasn't always just on Facebook, they'd seen it on Facebook, but then they would message me privately or call me or text, really helped get me through it. You know, and uh, I wish I could thank every single one of them. I mean, the only one they could thank on the show are in the Pride 48 network. Like um, um, Daniel Brewer was great. Uh, Taylor the Latte Boy was great. You were fucking phenomenal, Mike Lawson. Um, Boo Hecker can go fuck himself. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was Boo Hecker's another one that was like, so be honest. How do you do it? Like, I was like, really? this is what you're you're texting me? Like, no. And uh, there were people who, who you know, were, who were, were awesome. And, and to anyone who did, please, I, I thank you. And, and I'm in a good place now. And now was, I was, I'm very lucky that I fell off a cliff, but I had a, a team of angels there to catch me. And I really appreciate it. And it's one of these things, you know, like the first day afterwards, I was like, I don't know. I don't know why you think it's because logically, you know, it's not true. I'm like, I'm, I'm never going to be happy again. I'm never going to want to date again. I'm never going to want this again. I'm never going to want that. And, uh, uh, no, and I'm never going to be normal. I'll never, I'll never, I'll never laugh again. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know, within a week I was, I was stable. And then by two weeks later I was, I just, you know, one of the things I wanted to get through my birthday, my birthday. Now, actually here's, I don't know. This is up for speculation. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I've told you, have I talked to you since my birthday about this? I so, don't know what it so is. I've cut off like so for my own reasons, and not to be mean, like I told you, I really have nothing but love for Cameron. I've uh, blocked him on all on my phone and uh, yeah, uh, social media and stuff like that's that. That's pretty normal. I think that's pretty normal. I think if you don't do that, then you find yourself like reading into everything he exactly, posts. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It, it just, you'll drive yourself crazy trying to figure out what secret messages he's sending you when exactly. genuinely he just went to McDonald's and checked in. Exactly. And then also, even if you do try and uh, maintain some sort of relationship, because we, look, I have, unless unless he's a big liar, I, I have no doubt that Cameron truly did. I mean, the, the, the last words Cameron and I exchanged with each other were, I love you, you know? So I have no doubt that he loves me. But because of that, you know, I'm sure there are moments where he want, wishes he could talk to me or I could talk to him. And then what happens is it doesn't get you heal. Right. You know? And I, and I know me, too. By blocking, like, for instance... I got rid of Cameron completely. If I, I don't even know. I, I've, this is the new age of cell phones. I actually don't even know Cameron's cell phone number. So, yeah. if I need to get a hold of Cameron, I actually have to call some. I have to call Sweet Michael or some a mutual friend. And go, what's Cameron's phone number? I don't know it. Yeah. So, um, uh, so so for so I did the best. I wanted the clean break, right? And um, uh, so on the on the, my birthday. Uh, which my birthday happens to be on the 4th of July. Uh, I'm with the Johns at a 4th of July party and um, uh, they're on their way to pick me up. And I text John Paul because um, John Paul and I hadn't been alone since the breakup. I was with evil John and I didn't want to be with evil John and talk about this because for obvious reasons that you'll hear in a second, he's not the most sensitive person. And um, he goes, um, I go, I don't want to talk about the breakup, you know? I just, he's like, okay, no, no problem. So now we're at the party. He goes, I'll tell, he says, I'll tell John. Right? And they're good. They don't bring it up. Now we're at this party that Shannon's throwing, right? Like, listen, evil John's like, uh, oh, look, uh, Cameron just liked one of my Instagram posts. Ugh. And I go, really? Really? You just, I go, you just threw me into a sadness spiral for 30 minutes. Right. And I don't know what the – John's like – and John Paul's like, why would you say that? And he's like, 
I, I didn't know it was a big deal. He's like, I just said it because a camera's never liked one of my posts before. What do you mean, asshole, right? Well, then, get this. I want, I want your opinion on this. Yeah. So then the next day, I, you know, I'm talking to Sweet Michael because <laughs> one 22-year-old leaves got to move a new one in. <laughs> and Sweet yeah. Michael and I talk every day now. Like, now I just replace <laughs> Cameron with Sweet Michael. And I don't think we've ever talked about this in the show, but Sweet Michael and Cameron knew each other in college. They lived together, and then they had, like, a falling out. And now Cam- Sweet Michael lives in D.C., and Cameron obviously lives out here. But um, I met Sweet Michael when he came out with Cameron, and so we've maintained a friendship. And um, Sweet Michael and I are talking, and, and over the past few years, Sweet Michael has made um, – uh, he's tried to reconnect with Cameron and Cameron's just always ignored the texts or ignored the calls. And I would talk to Cameron about it and Cameron would be like, yeah, I know. I just, I don't know. I don't know what to say, you know, kind of stuff, right? Then Sweet Michael says, the weirdest thing, Cameron texted me yesterday. This is the day after, this is July 5th. He's like, I just got a random text message from Cameron. Uh, a picture of a girl that they knew that popped up on social media kind of pointed out. And so he's like, Michael said, texted back really when that was it. Right. He goes, I wonder why that is. Right. And I told him about this, the evil John thing. And so we came up with a theory. I want to know your thoughts. It's my birthday. We kind of think, uh, that was, um, Cam's way of like saying, I'm thinking about Joe or reaching out your thoughts. Well, I think we could speculate if we wanted to, do you want to? Nah, I already speculated. I don't care. Yeah. I really think, like, I think the most healthy way of dealing with it is, like, putting as many barriers between yourself and that because there's going to be moments of sadness where all you want to do is, like, check in and see what's up. And, yeah. You know, just cr- while you're sane and while you have this logical brain and you understand why it's healthier for you to br- remain or keep a distance – create those barriers so that in those moments of weakness and they will come and they're going to come in like oh. three months at the most random time when you're like eating lunch and like just yeah. something about it just happens and you, you hit this pocket just as long as you have those barriers i think that's really healthy so yeah so one of the things that I, I almost broke thank god i have no way of contacting him um because one of the things that i really wanted to do i don't really cry you know and I wanted to cry. Like I could feel it. You know when you feel it right there where your tonsils are? Like you want to cry? Yeah. And so I kept trying to watch things that would make me cry. I watched the end of Six Feet Under. Maybe a tear. <laughs> and I, that thing made me cry for months. Yeah. Oh, I remember when it first came I was like I was like a snot coming down my nose mess. Such a good finale. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I tried watching that. Nothing. Then I remembered that Anderson Cooper trying to read the names of yeah. the people. Who, I was like, you know, I'm going to watch that. I cry again. It would be a little bit right, like it would be like, but it would. I needed that cathartic, like heaving, sobbing, crying thing, right? Yeah. Well, over the weekend, it took two weeks. And by the way, but which is funny because by this point, this is like Sunday. No, say Sunday. My my go to would be anything Aaron Sorkin. That's oh yeah, you know what? Anything he does, like he sets you up, and he, he doesn't just kick you in the gut and make you cry. He always does it like with a laugh beforehand, so you're like laughing, and then mm-hmm. you're like, while you are still laughing, you start tearing up, and then the tears. It's he does it so good. You know what? I, that you just remind me, Father Greg Boyle from Homeboy Industries is really good at that same exact thing. So mm-hmm. I should have done that anyway. Any um, exceptions? No. That's the big quote from Boyle that always gets me. Oh, yeah. When he's like, you know what I'm talking about. You expect him You expect him to say like a couple of times or whatever, but he's like, no exceptions. We're, we're in the weeds though, but what did you end up watching? It wasn't. I was uh, listening to music and Cameron and I had – did you watch the miniseries 112263? I did, yeah. Okay. So the, the, the final scene uh, – I don't want to spoil anything – but there's a the final scene's kind of just cute or whatever, right? Where he goes back to the high school. Yeah. And there's a song that's playing. I remember at the time I liked the song. And then it just came up on my Spotify. And I will say this, and I think I'm actually gonna tack it on to the end of the episode. Okay. It totally captures exactly how I feel today. I can't even 
I don't even remember it's, it's what a, song it's, it was. You're going to hear at the end of the episode. It's, a, it's just okay. a very whatever song. It's just – it's a Sam Cooke song from the – it's like an obscure Sam Cooke song too. Sam Cooke's obscure for some people and then the song's obscure for Sam Cooke. But they used it in the show. And then I went back and I – so that's already making me tear. But then I went back on YouTube and I watched the scene. Ugh. Mm. I okay. <laughs> was a blubbering mess, and it was a weird, like, cathartic orgasm of, like, sadness and, like, relief. It was like, oh, thank God. It probably, you know, it probably was the emotional equivalent of when you pass a kidney stone. Oh, I was thinking, like, being uber constipated, but then finally getting one out. Yeah. So, <laughs> we both went with gross examples, but yeah. the point is... Yes, that's it. It was just like, oh, it was so good, and I felt so good afterwards. Oh, it was great. Good. And I'll tack oh, it on, and, and it totally even it, it tacks on how I feel today, and which is funny, it's just a corny fifties song, but it tacks on how I felt then, tacks on how I feel today, and it's a great song. And if and might encourage you to watch Go Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. So the point is, Cameron and I are no longer. He started out as an all around train wreck. Came yeah. friend of the show, then became my boyfriend, and I uh, miss him very much. And I love him. And let's talk about Hawaii. Or whatever dumb story you have. Before, See, look, the tears are already coming. Before I actually start crying. You know what's so funny, too, is I've had more than one person. Taylor the Lot Day Boy is one of them. And then uh, a couple of other people who have told me probably like, I thought you were the biggest asshole until you did the episode where you cried. Yeah. What did you cry over? I've been told that before, too. <laughs> about me? Yeah. Yeah. People have told me, like, and then he cried, and then yeah. I'm like, oh, he's not a robot. Yes. <laughs> designed to make Mike's life I horrible. Was, uh, I was crying because uh, we went to uh, – Richard and I went to go see a screen of Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. It was, it was good. I remember, no, it, I remember yeah, the it, story. When you summarize it, it sounds stupid. Yeah, but. <laughs> it was – that Richard and I were in the very front, and then she's Judy Garland singing "Somewhere Over the Rainbow," and uh, she started crying. No, no, no! But I just heard the whole audience crying. Like, what the fuck are people crying about for this dumb movie? And I turned around, it was all like two thousand gay old men, yeah. crying, thinking about all the friends that they lost to AIDS. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm in the front eating popcorn and jujubes, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, yeah. So, um, and how they're actually over the rainbow. I don't know why they were crying. But, uh, but I remember when I talked about it, I teared up. And I almost, you guys almost got me right here, you sons of bitches. You almost got me to cry. I can, I can say it. Cameron, if you're listening, I love you and I miss you and I'm not going to cry. So, yeah. Mike, tell me now about the, the what, uh, a tickle party you went to or what, I don't know what story you have. I didn't go into any tickle parties. Wait, hold on. The other day, Mike and I were talking, and he and Steve were going to go see a movie. And I had recommended the documentary, which I recommend to everybody if you can yeah. see it, Tickled. And by the way, if it's not in your town, it's going to HBO bought it. So it'll be on HBO eventually, but oh, I highly cool. recommend it. It was not at the little art house theater we went to. Um, I thought for sure it would be playing there, but it wasn't. Okay. So we didn't see it. We ended up seeing um, whatever I told you we were going to see. Hmm. Jungle Book or something? I don't it know. Was so, well, am I allowed to say what you were saying? Yeah. Oh. It was some movie that you were like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Steve knows that. Our movie taste is very different. And I made the joke before. Like, he likes movies where cars beat up other cars. You know what I movie don't. that I saw that I actually liked? And I was surprised that I liked it. And um, you guys might both like it. was The Nice Guys with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Hmm. Okay. There's a lot of explosions, and Steve would like it, but it's actually a well-written movie, too. Yeah. And then I told we someone, uh, I go, hey, you know what movie surprised me how good it was? I go, The Nice Guys. And the guy goes, oh, really? It was a giant hit with a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's surprising you? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. We saw The Big Friendly Giant, BFG. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, that's right. How was that? That was good. That was my choice to see. Oh. Steve wasn't into that. Um. I'm trying to think of what you're thinking I was like, blah, about. There was some movie, was it like, um, oh, God, you told Whatever. me. What, oh, Independence He's... Day. Oh, yeah, we didn't see it. Yeah. You... I, I want to I rewatch the first before I even see the second. Yeah, you need to be able to follow that. what's going on. Yeah. I want to know why these aliens <laughs> yeah. want revenge. Haven't yeah. they run out of uh, monuments to blow up? Well, they, I don't think they go to the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they, like... 
rebuild the capital? Yeah, do they? They, they, they blew up some pretty big places. Yeah, I don't know. Um, if we watched the movies, we could tell you guys, but. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, yeah. Um, uh, I have another really important story to tell you. Yeah. Let me look at Trello. <laughs> oh, so uh, this past weekend in Orlando, uh, every summer in Orlando, we do this big event. It's about advocacy, and we bring in a lot of people. We scholarship a lot of people to come in, and it's just a huge uh, huge ordeal. I was going to say huge headache, but it's worth it. It's just a big event. It's a lot of stress. It's managing the uh, flights and hotel rooms of 50 scholarship winners, but then about 50 other people were joining us not scholarship. It, it's just a big deal, right? Um, it's expensive. It's, it's a thing. So uh, I'm like at the top of my stress level. Okay. Um, and I don't think you, I mean, you and I have never worked together where I was stressed. No. Like the job we had together, like I didn't give two fucks about. Yeah, nobody did. Like some of the stuff. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I, there was stress, but it, it was just a stupid kind of stress. This yeah. is like. Make sure if, that, uh, uh, the, pe- the, the proctors have, uh, all their scantrons. Make sure that rich kid can get richer. Yeah. That's really what it was. So, um, I have a lot of people depending on me to get like all the details right and everything. So I'm like top of my stress level. And, uh, the AV that we bought or were renting or whatever, mm-hmm. like they're setting it up the night before and they're all really nice men, but they are like, uh, for the most part, uh, I don't know if incompetence is the right word, but like, unable or unwilling to make any sort of decision unless they they run it through their boss who's off site so like everything was just taking forever and like i'm like i just want to move this table to one side so that there's not wires covering the door do you know what i mean like simple stuff like that and they're like "Uh, i don't know because i don't know i don't (laughs) just stupid stuff like that and so we're going through all this process i'm really stressed and I walk up to this group of men, three guys, and I'm not really I, – I mean, I've talked to all of them, but I'm not paying attention. And it, when I walk up to them, they're waiting for this machine to warm up, and they're just kind of sitting around. It's a moment of, like, conversation and relax, um, a, a moment of calm that we haven't had in the past couple hours. And mm-hmm. one of the guys is talking about how he tried Rogaine. Okay. And I look at him. I'm looking at only at him, and I said – Well, first of all, he cut his hair like it's stubble. Like he has figured out that he's balding and he's going to go with it and just cut his hair really short. And I respect that. And he's like, uh, you know what? I tried Rogaine for the longest time, but I felt like if you miss one treatment, it starts going out. It's just a pain in the ass. So I decided to just cut it short. And so looking directly at him and trying to be chummy with these guys that I've stressed out and probably yelled at already, I'm like, you know what? That is smart. Uh, and by the way, that's a tactic that I use often. If I'm mad at you, I say that you're smart or you had a good idea because that diffuses a lot of the like anxiety. So I'm like, you know what? That's a really smart choice because I see all these fools that walk around with that aren't fooling anybody with these comb overs or whatever yeah. or the really high widow's peaks or all this thing, right? And he he doesn't say like yes or no or that's why he cut his hair, but it's I I thought he would like at least say like yeah you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, how why is everyone in the group aside from me and him like comb over bald or like really bad? Obviously trying to hide it bald. Yeah, and then they're all, like was, looking around and whistling with their hands in their pockets. Oh, it's so uncomfortable and awkward. <laughs> so our event actually went off without a hitch. Uh, well, there were a few hiccups, but like for the most part, without a hitch. Um, well, you were in Orlando, right? Yeah. So the, surely, that... surely your good pal Taylor the Latte Boy and his fiance Babalu clearly drove down to Orlando to go see you. Well, you say that because you know that they they didn't. They I saw them a c- couple months ago, a month ago, mm-hmm. when I was up near them, and they showed me all around their town. Did we talk about that on here? Yes, because okay. because. Uh, Yes. Oh, because we said his name. That and also, that like, yeah, also, I think I think Taylor was a little upset that I said that. I need to make a correction for the show. Uh, Taylor was a little upset that I said that he was impressed by the gourmet fancy ch- burgers with blue cheese. 
or Gouda or something like that. He wanted to know it was blueberry jam. Okay. It was very important to him that I make that correction. So everyone, you're, you're so Orlando. No, 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 no. He no, no. texted and he was like, it, I think he even said, like, it doesn't bother me, but Joe is exaggerating. It wasn't blue cheese. It was blueberry jam, which is a little more exotic. Yeah. Something. Orlando is the gourmet capital in the world because they spread some blueberry jam on their burger. So I apologize. You're for, putting words into his mouth. <laughs> I apologize for maligning uh, the food capital of Orlando. So, yeah, it was a good time. It is really fucking hot there. Um, I went to one park. I went to Animal Kingdom. This is the first time I go to uh, Orlando at least once a year. This is the first time I've ever been to a Disney park in uh, Florida, though. Mm -hmm. I've only gone to the California ones. And it was a really good time. We uh, or uh, Animal Kingdom, I guess, is has always been open only till like sundown basically yeah but now they they stay open till 11 oh really so yeah and they have all these like shows that happen and stuff is really good i didn't wait in one line longer than 10 minutes mm-hmm. and that I big beautiful tree really in the middle time. is beautiful too it's so beautiful everything was really cool about it we had a really great time yeah you know, i want to go back to what you were saying about this the it being hot is you know i do another podcast with taylor Vellante boy called rupaul's drag race recap and when we do that show, you and I don't look at each other when we're doing this, but uh, Daniel Brewer, uh, Taylor, and I look at each other. Because of the heat, this Taylor has had so many termite problems. The whole time, and people who listen, if you listen to both shows, I'm going to tell you like, your secret. The whole time, this Taylor is swatting away termites <laughs> flying around his head. He should get like one of those like um, nets. That you can like oh, attach yeah. to the ceiling and yeah. you can just like put his computer in it. Oh, I thought you were say like those old timey like you know like uh, Doctor Livingston, I presume, kind of like uh, African like um, yeah explorers. That's what I'm and, yeah, about. yeah, yeah, yeah. You t- you can screw it into the ceiling and then just drape it around the computer in his computer chair. Yeah, he should, he should totally so do that. that. Yeah. Um. So, so you had a good time in Orlando. I did. Yeah, it was a good time. Did you go to Pulse nightclub just to pay your respects? No, I did actually think about it. Um, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's horrible. We should. Well, like, I mean, that I mean, that's the god honest truth. I thought about it, uh-huh. but I didn't. Like, I mean, I had. Well, you're also you're really friends. busy when you're there, and you're limited. Yeah, um, I really had to see this new Jungle Book show at Animal Kingdom. Yeah, well, if Taylor would have been a good friend and driven down to Orlando to see you. He could have taken you to Pulse and done all I that. was also just thinking, I mean, all of my days were free. So the earliest I could get away was probably 3 or 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. So I could have, I mean, I had time, but it would have then cut into like some of the networking I was doing at the event or whatever. I don't know. I I don't know. I, I have strong feelings about, you know, the events and all that, but I don't necessarily think I need to like – pay my respects at the site of all yeah, of that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Makes sense. So. I was yeah. listening to an episode of Pod is my co-pilot today. Let me tell you about this Orlando. He was talking about how he and he had a co-host named Taffy on there. And so Babalu's partner's name is Babalu. Uh, I'm sorry. Taylor's boy, uh, partner's name Babalu. And then um, they're friends with another couple, Taffy and Tank. And uh, they were going to go to a fancy restaurant where uh, Babalu wasn't allowed to wear shorts. And that was the big point of the story. Oh. By the way. That's a fancy I... restaurant in Orlando. They, they can't wear shorts. <laughs> they probably have cheese on their hamburgers. Yeah, they probably, they probably Well, yeah, look, if you're going to be eating blueberry jam on your burgers, you, know, you have to be dressed up for that. <laughs> it's a white coat and tails. You're awful. <laughs> By the way, I just remembered um, after I broke up with RK. Mm hmm. Um, That's Rod Kyle for everyone who's new. My friend Jennifer was texting me, telling me. So I unfollowed him everywhere. I just like needed the space, just like you, very similar. And she was texting me, and she's like, how much money does this guy have? He's traveling all over the world. First he's in Vietnam, then he's in Thailand. I'm like, Jennifer, I don't know. I I don't care. (laughs) I don't know who the first asshole is going to be to be like, oh, I saw that Cameron has a new girlfriend. You know who that is. You're certain it's going to be a girl? Yes. Hmm. So, I don't know who that asshole's going to (laughs) be. 
What uh, what do you got going on that's a little less depressing than a break? Well, I'm making a, an executive decision here. Go. The Hawaii story is so long, and we're already like almost an hour. Want to call it, and then we could just save it. for Well, I can tell a short story. Okay, so a short personal story that I have for next week, and then I'll do Hawaii and the other short one next week. Next week. So um, I, I think because the Hawaii story is very Betty Batance heavy. Uh, why don't we do a Betty Batant story this week? Great. Okay. So um, I have a relative who uh, is actually the husband of one of my mom's uh, relatives. I'm going to be as vague as I'm being vague on purpose, as you'll see why okay, in the story. And he's very ill. Okay. Okay. Very ill. And uh, and so, but I couldn't tell you. You can tell when you see this man that he's ill. Okay, but everyone in the family can speculate, but no one knows because these people are very, very private and don't acknowledge his illness. Okay. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're super, super private. Yeah, it's super, super, super private, right? Without knowing like how close they are to your mom, like in Mm -hmm. relation to your mom, Mm -hmm. it seems really weird. Well, even, even, even if you knew what the blood relation is, they're actually very, very close. Okay, so it's almost like me and Richard. Close. Okay. Okay. And there's just no acknowledgement. No one talks about it. Everyone just pretends like there's nothing going on. Well, uh, last week I was doing laundry. I have to still do laundry at my parents' house. And um, the as I'm there, my mom gets a phone call from another relative who lives next door to these relatives, right? Yeah. That the man, the husband, had fallen and he was bleeding and that they had rushed him to the hospital. But oh, by the wow. way, my mom heard nothing from the wife, nothing from the husband, right? Yeah. But now uh, Betty Batance and the um, uh, the the busybody league of her other cousins, they go into full swing and they jump into their uh, race car. Yeah. And go to the hospital to support uh, the wife. Okay. Okay. Now. One of the one of the women in the busybody league, she tells her husband, who's actually related to the wife. I know this is confusing, but again, it'll be explained why. Listen, this happened. We're on our way to the hospital. The husband posted on Facebook. <coughs> posted what? That that the guy was in the hospital. Oh. Right? And I'm so- getting – Joey, your story is really confusing because I imagine the man in the hospital posting on Facebook. Okay. I'll have to change <laughs> names. Okay. So, it's confusing. Okay. Yeah. So we'll just say man and wife. Okay. Okay. For them. Steve posts – not your – okay. I got to figure out a different name. <laughs> Sean. This guy Uncle, – Uncle Sean, right? Evil John. Yeah. Uncle Sean posts okay. on Facebook – Hey, the husband's in the hospital. Meanwhile, the wife's told no one. The, all of the husband's brothers and sisters start freaking the fuck out. It now causes this gigantic PR mess, so to speak, right? Yeah. So my mom from the hospital calls Uncle Sean, and she has words with him, right? And she, t- she tells him, you shouldn't have put that on Facebook. And he says this, and she says, and he says, you know, this family has a lot of secrets. And, and then my mom's like, well, you know what? Uh, they have a lot of secrets because um, uh, everyone gets in everybody's business, right? Meanwhile. Meanwhile, she's at the hospital because she's in their business. Yes. Meanwhile, too, I know this story because I heard it maybe a thousand times when she got back and was calling every single person <laughs> to tell them what she told Uncle Sean. Yep, yep. She's all like, so, and then like I inadvertently, told yeah. yeah, exactly. Telling the whole story, just also being judgmental of somebody spreading it the way she's spreading it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I told him, well, maybe if everyone wasn't in everybody's business, then uh, it, there wouldn't be so many secrets. And I don't know why you're putting it on Facebook. It's none of your business. They're very private people. And if they don't want it known to everybody. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. That's Janet. Janet, can you believe, <laughs> like, that when I was like, this is ridiculous. And yeah. I, I go, hey, listen. I tell her that. I go, listen. You know, you're really you're telling everybody, right? She goes, mind your own business, Joey. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Mind your own business. So, oh, Betty Batan. Betty Batan. So those those you are the stories a, for this week. 
You sent Snapchats of her picking out cards? <laughs> yeah. I wish I could have gotten them all. She, there was one that, that my favorite, I don't think I got it. Was, I, I don't think I got the one where she was like, everybody dance now. Did, did you see uh, that one? I, I don't think That so. was the best one, but that's when it made me decide to start filming them. Because she would like open the card and be like, so amused by these greeting. <laughs> like, I look at these greeting cards. For you, those of you that don't know, she was picking out a greeting card, a birthday card for Richard, actually. It was because, you know, my birthday was on the 4th. His birthday is a week later. Yeah. And she's picking out a birthday card for him. And I look at these cards and they're so not funny. Right? Yeah. She is laughing. Because I'm, I'm at Target with her. The same day as the laundry and everything of like that. I'm at Target with her. She is laughing hysterically. And all these cards that sing and dance and the cards move. Oh, she's yeah. so amused. I did, I did a couple of Snapchats of her opening the cards. It was great. Yeah. Um, cool. So you're going to save the rest of them, uh, or rest of your stories for the next episode. And I'm not going to do news stories either. Okay. So no news stories this week. Yeah. What do you got going on in the coming week? This week, um, what do I have going on? Um, I'm supposed to see friend of the show, Lori Rog in camp. And then, uh, I don't think I really have any big plans this week. Okay, good. Yeah. So that should be an interesting episode. No, the fo- I, I, I've, I've been to the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, well. Yeah. I just, I'm seeing Lori Roggenkamp this week. That's what I'm seeing. Okay. And the next episode will have a bunch of um, Hawaii stories on it, too, which I look uh, yeah. forward to hearing about. Uh, yeah. And then I don't have much going on either. So hopefully I'll be able to dig up something. Yeah, those are always good weeks. We'll see. Um, all right, Joey. Well, it was really nice catching up for, with you. And I, for the first time in the history of doing this show, I meant that. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to be – I'm going to say it was really nice catching up with you, Mike Lawson. And I, I really appreciate your friendship after all these 15 years. And, you know, a, a testament to our friendship people. Because, you know, on Facebook, that girl got mad at you. Oh. <laughs> Mike put some – oh, Mike sends a, a really cute happy birthday message to me. And I said something along the lines of, hey, don't be so emotional. And it makes me uncomfortable. And then this woman that we don't know, is she a fan yeah. of the show or is she a diabetes person? I have no idea. She it's was, a person I don't know. Yeah, I was like, well, why don't you have a shitty birthday, Joe, or something? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I got to explain this, you know, because actually Lori Roggenkamp, I saw her last week, and that's going to be the story next week, too, is I had to stop commenting on her social media because she and I have a similar relationship like me and you, where yeah. we like insult each other in fun. Mm-hmm. And... People would get mad at me because she would put some posts and put something like similar on her post, and they would get like really angry with me. And so I uh, had to stop posting her social media. Well, your response to it over text message, you do this a lot where <laughs> your comment was like, stop being nice to me. It makes me uncomfortable. So she wrote, I hope you have a awful birthday then or something like that yeah and you were text me and you're like who is this lady well what does she say why does she want me to have a bad birthday <laughs> and i'm like joe you just said not to say anything nice <laughs> and you, i have to explain it like mm-hmm. i don't know you're turning into betty Batance, basically i really am well mike lawson it was nice catching up with you and uh, right. i if, if cameron ever listens to this episode uh i love you babe and this one's for you Awkward. Okay, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) If I go a million miles away, I'd write a letter each and every day. Cause, honey, nothing, nothing can ever change this. Love I have for you Make me weep And you can make me cry See me coming And you can pass me by But honey, nothing Nothing can ever change this love I have for you Lord You're the apple of my eye You're cherry pie
your cake and ice cream, nor your sugar and spice, and everything nice. You're the girl of my, 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 my dreams. But if you wanted to leave me and roam when you got back. Just say welcome home Cause honey, nothing Nothing, nothing can ever change This love I have for Nothing can ever change the love. 